Hi, welcome to a very special episode of Forever Quest. Um, one thing you know about Sean and I is that uh, we played back in 99 and now we're back again, but we're kind of noobs. We're having some fun, um, but there's a lot of high level stuff that we don't know very much about. And so I've been checking out streamers and I ran across Mayor Goth, who immediately I realized that now we're talking about high level content. This person knows what they're doing in the in the Magic the Gathering uh, arena. We would call somebody like this a spike, somebody who goes for the win, like the top levels of achievement. So I'm very happy to have Mayor Goth on today to educate us on what EverQuest has to offer beyond where we've already explored. It's going to be a fantastic day. Like you said, it's exciting that we get to have Mayor Goth with us today. And I'm going to add to what you just said. Um, I find it uh, extremely appealing because you and I will sit and talk for hours sometimes trying to figure things out or looking online. And today, instead, we actually have a human being who we get to pick the mind of. And I know I came up with a bunch of questions and you came up with a bunch of questions and, and some things that we're, we're going to be able to dive into the to the mind and, and probably get some really good advice and some help and uh, maybe even find out a few tricks of the trade that um, we had not known about in the past. Maybe not. Maybe we won't get all the deep secrets, but we might get one or two. That's the hope today. That's cool. Thank you guys for letting me be here. Uh, I don't have all the secrets. I, and I said I said this before, before we even started this thing, that I'm pretty new in general, but I have a pretty extensive background and uh, I've been playing pretty hard. So you'll be surprised if you can pick up in short order when you're playing with good people. Yeah, so I was watching you the other day and all of a sudden I saw this version of EverQuest that looked way more polished. So I'm like, I kind of remember this because Sean and I played some EQ too. And your character was like flying around and just walking past like epic mobs. And I'm like, you played EQ too? And you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you're mentioning that like you you were also hitting the top tiers of EQ too as well. Like you dominated that game, correct? Yeah, uh, it took a while for me to get started with it because I didn't really settle on EQ two as a game until uh, probably about three or four years into it. But at that point, I played pretty much as hard as I could until uh, until I hit the the top end. I got a guild pay for my transfer and transferred over there. Played on played with the best people in the world and tanked for them for about five years from there. So that nice. was a blast. That like life defining. That's awesome. Yeah, EverQuest was very life-defining for Sean and I as well. And now we're back again, and it's kind of defining us <laughs> again. It's kind of funny. Uh, this is what's bringing us together again. Well, I, I want to start getting to some of the questions here. Sean and I recently got accepted to Venerate. I know we've been mentioning that on the podcast, just so everybody knows. They let us in. We don't smell too bad. They let <laughs> us in. And so now we're trying to really level up our Chanter and our Cleric, which are currently level 42. We really want to get to 45 and then 50, obviously, and then so on and so forth. So we can start going on raids. And it's been a very long time. When the first time I played EQ, the only raid I went on in the original uh, game was uh, Nagafin. I never got to fight Vox. I never went to Plane of Hate, Plane of Fear, Plane of Sky. I never fought Finny. It wasn't until the later expansions, like the Plains, where I really became a raider. So you can, can you explain to me what the landscape of the raiding environment is on the original classic EQ before Kunart comes out and like which ones are the harder ones and whatnot? Uh, yeah, so the first thing to know is that uh, the, the end game raid scene in classic EverQuest doesn't seem to be anything like the end game raid scene in EverQuest 2 or World of Warcraft or even later in EverQuest 1. It seems that a lot of a lot of the time you're going to spend is with a, a large group of people killing these things that respawn pretty quickly, and that tends to be trash mobs. What's weird is they all drop stuff. So you're going there to try to just kind of clear those every six hours or whenever they respawn, and that's pretty much most of it. Everything else is seven-day long-term spawns, and even those aren't difficult. The difficulty is from forming up, getting there before somebody else does. Okay, so does that make Vox, Nagafin, and Finny the seven-day spawns, and Sky, Hate, and Fear the six-hour ones where you clear trash for drops? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. So I haven't done the later islands in Sky yet. I think I did them... I think I may have done them back in the day when I played a little bit, but not enough to remember. Uh, seven-day spawns, I believe the Dracolich in Fear is also a seven-day spawn. Uh, but yeah, you've got Inaruk and uh, and Kazak Thule that are also seven day spawns. Those are all killed pretty much immediately. 
Um, Some of them harder than others. And there is some difficult content, especially at the end stages of Plane of Sky that require some more advanced tactics, but everything else, even even iconic raid mobs like Nagafen Box are just, you could kill them with a handful of mages and nothing else. Hmm. I did not know that. So what, but they would have to be level 60? I'm not too sure about that. Uh, I will tell you that Finney, for example, I remember doing it back in the day. And because he has a dispel and you'd have your melee classes drowning and all this stuff going on, I never remember <laughs> doing him with less than two groups. Hmm. We did them here at level 50 with f- four mages and a necromancer. Wow. Fun. We're going to get back to Kedge because we're thinking about heading to Kedge to XP next, and we don't know if we're crazy or not. So. There are a few people that know that zone as well as I do. I learned to play my character in that zone. Nice. That's sweet. Well, we, we so, saw this them there. So so what time are you going to meet us there again? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Only well, maybe I'll level an alt up, and I'll bring it there for you. <laughs> like last time, I'll have it to level 50 in like a week, so we'll be good. Oh man, that's that's incredible. So and I'm not going to ask you to tell us exactly how that happens, but I hear people doing these. So um, obviously, you've done it, so it happens, right? I'll give you the down low. You need to just have way too much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went from <laughs> 23 to 50, knowing no one on the server, not getting power level at all. I did it in, I think, a week and a half, two weeks. Wow. Well, and I don't Wait. think it's just time either. I see you playing the game, and you. Like, I don't know, Sean and I just have fun and goof and I get tired way too quickly and I like spend time summoning food so I can get my conjuration up. And I'm like, Sean, should we practice our languages? Like I watch you play and you're doing like everything to the highest efficiency. And you're like, even like the UI you have on is making everything better. And you have these logs, like you're like really playing the game. Yeah. And I got to tell you, part of it is because having played, so the, I used, I mean, the magic used to be there. This is going to sound terrible, but you're going to trust me. I've, yep, I found a different enjoyment in the game this time around than I did when I played it back in the day. I used to just be totally absorbed in it. It was really cool, the story and everything. But after doing the end game rating in EverQuest 2, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like going to a restaurant after you've worked in a restaurant. It's just a different <laughs> experience. It's a different experience. And so, uh, <laughs> It's like it's, so it's like Neo with the Matrix, right? You see all the numbers flowing down the screen. <laughs> the illusion isn't there. Yeah. Especially if you're in a really, really high-end guild like you were and tanking at the level you were tanking at. I, I only can imagine that at some point it's, it's, it is exactly like that. The numbers Red are just literally later. flowing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but when, when it comes to tactics and things like that, and I know, like you had said, it's not so necessary right now in EverQuest, but I know it, at some point it does become necessary again, I'm assuming towards Velios and at the end of Velios killing the four dragons um, that that must take extreme uh, planning and coordination is that is that true uh, so that's honestly one of my main motivations for playing on the server because nice. I was unable to do that I, I did make an effort in the past to be on the TLP server that awakened the sleeper because I was always fascinated by the idea that he literally zones out from the zone rampages around the game world and goes to kill <laughs> all the other dragons and then these ones like that was the coolest thing i'd ever heard of so i wanted to experience that and no I've, I've never been to sleeper's tomb i've never seen that uh i do imagine that a lot of those fights are going to have more stringent requirements but as i understand most of it is involving uh like gear yeah and uh, and things like that things that you need to do specifically for those fights Right, Sean, so slow we, down a second. Slow down, Sean. You're, sorry, I get excited. I that's get excited. the apex here. We, what? Hold on. We're okay. So we talked the original. Let's talk Kunark now. So now Kunark is just added. Sean and I don't go out there much because it looks like the Zem isn't great and the uh, mobs have more hit points. So we're just stuck back in the old place trying to level up in Kazakhthul at the moment. Um, what does Kunark add to the raid landscape? Then are there several more raids, or is it just like one person dungeons for the most part? Oh, well, I can tell you, a lot of it's more of the same. And that's not really a bad thing. Uh, I mean, you've still got your big endgame raid boss at the end of the dungeon. You know, you've still got Trakanon down there. I'm not sure at some point if he becomes a three-day spawn, but I believe he's currently a seven. Uh, he might be a three. He might be a three. I'm really not sure. Um, so there's more of that there. Uh, there are definitely some harder fights. I would say Trakanon is significantly harder at all points in time than either Nagafen nor Vox were. Um, then you have the royals and Chardok, like the queen, the king, and all that. Those are also extremely difficult fights with some really rewarding loot. 
But the cool thing I think about this is, especially for a guild like the one I'm in right now, where we're kind of smaller and we kind of show up ad hoc to what we can do and whatever we can at any given time, uh, is that later in Kunark, they add four or five contested dragons that just roam around the overland zones. And I think that's going to add a really cool dynamic for trying to form up on the fly to get things done. You don't have a whole dungeon in your way. You just have to have people able to get there. And they're not tremendously difficult either, but they drop really good dragon loot. Mm. And when Sweet. do you when does that when does that start? Do you have a time on that? That should be uh, whenever the holes released. I think we're like a yeah. maybe a month away okay. from that. Okay. Maybe that's where we're supposed to go XP, Sean. Maybe it's supposed to be the hole after Kedge. Yes. We'll see. There's also a chance that they adjust the Kunar exams because in classic, like back in the day, they actually did do that because the uh, uh, it was just not rewarding enough to go there. Uh, and I'm hoping they do that here as well, but that remains to be seen. Vaguely mm -hmm. remember that. So we just recently did a podcast on EQ lore, and you know a lot about lore. Is the general impression I've gotten? Is that true? That was my origins in the game. I actually ended up joining a role-playing guild in EverQuest 2 mm -hmm. because I liked the lore so much and I needed people that knew exactly what I was talking about. But, you know, I, it still stuck with me over the years and I get made fun of frequently for it. <laughs> I, I love that. And I'm actually wondering if maybe if someday you want to be back on to just talk lore because I'm getting into the lore now and I'm really enjoying it. And I, I was always the type of player who never even read what the quest was. I just read what the words in the bracket are for me to go get. Like I cared zero about any lore, but until just recently, cause Sean and I are trying to approach the game differently this time and smelling the flowers a little more. And I'm finding the lore is a really nice flower to smell. And it isn't Vishan who started the whole thing. And so getting Velius ending with Vishan is like a big deal in EverQuest lore, right? Yeah, so I mean, I would say the sleeper and that whole scenario with the sleeper's tomb, the entire game is kind of spun around that. And even EverQuest 2 like culminates in a battle with the sleeper. Like he comes back. Like after he despawns in EverQuest 1, nobody knows where he goes. He comes back wait, in EverQuest 2. Wait, who's who is the sleeper? What is I don't know anything about the sleeper. That's not Vishon, that's something different. Correct. Okay, so, what's Brief story here and I like lore, so I'm <laughs> totally fine saying it. Back in the day, Okay. Dishan deposited her dragons on Norath and gave yes. them basically one rule that said dragons of opposing colors cannot breed together because they will create unstable monstrosities that would destroy the Ring of Scale or the Claws of Ishan or whoever screwed up, basically. Okay. Uh, despite that, the theory is Dozakar the Cursed from uh, Temple of Ishan, who is a raid boss in there in the, the Arena of Trials, which is like a punishment place or whatever, um, he bred with an opposing colored dragon or something like that uh -huh. and gave birth to a prismatic egg which hatched into the sleeper. He uh -huh. was super powerful. He was a general in their armies, but he went crazy. They had to lock him up. Uh, I believe Trakanon was the one that actually trained him and all this stuff like that. So they locked him up. Lunatic, crazy, prismatic dragon. He looks awesome. Uh, and that's actually why Nogfin and Vox are just lonely out in the middle of nowhere. They tried to also create a prismatic dragon and they got banished for it. And that's why they're really? that's why they're both locked up, guarded by the giants in their respective uh, caverns on opposite sides of the planet. Ooh, and giants are ruled by Rallos Zek. Do I have that right? Yes. Nailed it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they tend to find other... Originally, yes. They tend to find other gods to gravitate to because Ralosek is disappointed with them. He failed them in the past. Oh. Well, dang. Okay, so I, that, this is also what's getting me more and more into Velius and the fact that this whole P99 ends there. Like, this is the true trilogy of EverQuest. So... So there is this event, and I talked about this on a previous podcast, and I even I even said on the podcast, I'm like, SEAL team, will you just wait to kill it so I people like me can get a chance to fight some of the three dragons as well? Because my understanding is there's these four dragons, right? And you can farm three as long as you leave one. All the others will respawn. You can come back and keep farming, farming, farming. But as soon as a guild kills all four... Mm -hmm. Boom, sleepers awake. Here we go. Never going to happen again. And then I talked to somebody in game that listened to podcasts and they're like, you're crazy. They're going to kill. Of course, they're going to kill it. That's why they play the game. You know, <laughs> of course, they're going to kill it. So that is that true? It's going to die pretty quick. Uh, it's kind of a complicated question. So in theory, first of all, 
SEAL Team is an unstoppable force of really good players, but also really many players. Uh, I would say their their quality has been a little bit diluted by quantity at this point, but this is not a game that really respects quality as much as other games do. I mean, the amount of people you can throw at something is significant because there is no limit. Um, and I would say that that is definitely going to be them that does the deed. The question is when, and I would say it's most likely uh, that those four dragons will be live until someone else gets into the zone and threatens to do the thing instead ah. of them. Because even though the loot might be super valuable and they may come to an agreement, chances are they will only honor it as long as it is in their best interests. And uh, Right, because what if somebody else does it before them? Then they're correct. like, why, why did then we Then it wait? wasn't SEAL team that did it, and that would be, that would be disastrous. So there would have to be some pretty strict agreement and defiance of such an agreement would be pretty catastrophic for a lot of the diplomacy that is happening behind the scenes here. And there is a lot of diplomacy happening behind the scenes on P99. That's Enough funny. that it makes me laugh with a background in diplomacy. That's funny. Sean and I know nothing about any of this. We just know oh, about I, like the few players we talked uh, to in game. The P99 yeah. project, uh, Project 99, the green server United Nations. Mm -hmm. Wow. It is a full on with like actual with preambular and operative clauses like elf lawyer madness. There's a whole discord for it. Hundreds of pages of documents and agreements between guilds. Wow. I almost want to ask you now that we kind of joined a guild without knowing anything about the landscape, what, what you think of Venerate, but I'm kind of afraid to, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid to stereotype any guild now. No, I will. I will tell you this. And I've said this first. If there is one thing that I have been catching a little bit of heat for in my time streaming this game is I'm pretty honest with it because every minute of my gameplay has been streamed live. And if somebody does something that I am not happy with, I'm going to say it. All of my, I would say almost all of my favorite people that aren't in the guild that I'm in right now are in Venerate. So that nice. is a wonderful thing. Nice. However, yeah. some of my least favorite people are also in Venerate. <laughs> Uh, it really People comes down are to different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no matter how you look at it, though, I don't fault the guild for it because, as I said before, this is a game of quantity. Right. Uh, and good players, or at least attending players, uh, that are going to do what they need to do. Uh, as someone with a background in rating, I respect I respect a guild's need to have people that may not be the most desirable at all times. Sure. Yeah. How fair. long? How long does it take for you? generally to assess and i'll put it in quotes but whether someone's a good player or not a good player and by your standards um like one group session i would say it's usually pretty telling i mean attentiveness is a thing everybody has their role in a group and the amount of time that it takes you to respond to a request for you to perform whatever that role is is my baseline assessment you don't mm -hmm. need to necessarily know all the strats. I've played this game long enough. I played, look, I played a rogue on a TLP server for a little bit. Totally different experience, by the way. And mm. I pretty much just followed everyone around, turned attack on, and backstabbed. I don't think I was good at the game. But I, performed. <laughs> I performed, okay? And as long as you can perform, that is that is the baseline. Do what you need to do when you need to do it. You don't need to know why. Follow instructions. Be where you need to be. Don't break mezzes. And, uh, and that's pretty... <laughs> That's funny. Don't break Moses. It's so true. Who dotted that thing? Who put a dot on that thing? It was the necromancer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Dang necromancers. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say I'm. I need to get better at the attentiveness, and I think Sean knows that. He, he's shaking his head right now. Sean's shaking his head. But here's <laughs> here's what Sean and I do excel at, and here's what I'm good at as a cleric. I I don't panic. And I do actually think that's a good trait in a group because when all of a sudden you get three ads and people start to panic and Absolutely. do things that you wouldn't normally do, that's usually a huge problem. I mean, Sean and I have been playing long enough. Wait a we're, we're not afraid to die, so we never. Wait panic. a minute. It really it really depends on how you define panic. <laughs> and 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 I might I might say that I would interject a little bit of panic into some most clerics. And I know. Oh, that's funny. Just a tiny bit. That's funny. But no, I you know I I, mean, I, I don't do get it. Yeah, I do. I, I, as an enchanter, you know this too. Like, I'm a control freak. Like, and that's, I just want. Yeah, that, that's ultimately the problem, right? Like, you think yeah. you think you've got it under control, okay? And this game is based on like when things are going well, you can do a lot with very little. 
Okay, you yes. can do most content in the game with three people and you know half paying attention. But as soon as things go go things go wrong, you really have to have a backup plan, and you need to have it cool, calm, and collected the whole time. And I got to tell you, especially as an enchanter, knowing that I could press one button and everything's over, or knowing not even that, knowing that I could press one button to save the group, that's the stressful part. When you when things go wrong, failure is expected. It's knowing that you can possibly circumvent that failure and failing to do so that is true failure and that bothers me so that's stressful yeah i and totally these, agree these are good tips on how to become a, a good player at the game um one other thing i'm fascinated by not just the rating and the lore but it's uh i got sucked into some youtube videos about items that are being nerfed and now again when sean and i played the first time we actually played quite a bit we got into a high level guild we were playing a time like we did the thing but in the early versions, Kunark, Velius, we were still just like playing just with each other and just like grinding out levels and didn't really get too deep into the game. So it fascinates me that P99 is following the same, like, well, if an item got nerfed three months after Kunark came out way back in 2000 or whatever, then we're going to do the exact same thing here this time. And it's really neat because there's these items that are being created, but then they're going to go away. Like just... Today, I think I asked you if you were working for the fungi staff or something, and you said, yeah, it's not available anymore. It just went away. Um, can you tell me a little bit about these items that are highly sought after because um, they're going to go out of existence? Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, that's one of the main draws of this for most people. Uh, actually, it's funny you're talking about the fungi staff. That was just removed. Uh, currently, my goal is to farm up a, I'm sorry, a million platinum to purchase it. Uh, which is an unfathomable amount of <laughs> platinum. I mean, not, not to ever, ever, ever condone real money transactions here, but if you were to do so, that's yeah. in the vicinity of about $15,000. What? Yeah. Uh, and five of these staffs dropped. In fact, the one guy that I was farming the staff with, uh, his name, he, he was going by Validity. He was our puller. And I guess he was a raid leader, basically helped build SEAL team in a lot of ways, I think. That's kind of what somebody told me. Um, he quit the game because he didn't get one. Like that was what he was doing. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking. Right, because that's why he's playing, the, like, right? Last day, as soon as it was confirmed, no longer dropping, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm done. I don't think that's he like rage quit, but I funny, think that right. was just what his goal was and right. he didn't reach it. That's funny. My goal originally was all I wanted to do was kill Vox. That was like my little newbie goal. And now it's all changing now that I'm learning all this stuff is available. So you're saying only five of these things literally dropped before it went out of existence and it was permacamped? Yeah. Uh, in fact, for the first two weeks, none dropped. Uh, I spent 150 hours at that camp in the past two weeks, and okay, what, none dropped. What camp is this? There's a lot of people listening right the, now. This who is the Myconid Spore King. He's near the bottom of Sebelus, and conventionally, it's an impossible camp without a full raid. Uh, he spawns in the middle of a maze full of these jolly mushrooms that dance around him in a circle. Uh, and he stands on a platform with two other mobs. There are three circling around him. And the entirety of this place is just filled with these cleric and shaman mushrooms. Uh, well, cleric mushrooms and other super cleric mushrooms. I don't know what a super cleric <laughs> is. Your, your guess best mine. But uh, they'll actually heal him through the walls with complete heals. You, you can't even cut. You can't touch him. So the only strategy is to pull him far away from them. And knowing how to do so is the entire battle. Okay. Wow. So we're gonna get it. We're gonna get it step by step here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, here, follow me. Follow me. I'll give it to you. Anybody who's done the camp, anybody who's done the camp gets this. Very simple. You're gonna go. You want to not go. You want to don't stay away from. Stay off rock. There's an NPC down there that lets you not stand in a certain spot. That is definitely cheating. Uh, they put that in. That's not classic, but that's a P99 original there that stopped people from like glitching him into the spot. But if you stand on the opposite wall and you just barely peek around the corner, so only the Spore King is in sight, and you throw a specific range throwing star at him, he will <laughs> run directly at you while everything else runs directly around. And you pull him back, feign death, and have someone tag him. It's super simple. Wow. Wow. How, how many go. times did, did you figure that out yourself? Or was that something you learned by trial and error? I believe that was validity. Okay. I he, think he, someone wow. else has probably done it. Uh, I have, if I had to guess, someone else has done it, but um, I believe wow. he was the first one that I saw consistently doing it. All right. Well, Sean and I are never getting a staff, it sounds like. What about there's these other <laughs> items? Like, there's this. There are other items. And, there's like uh, a Dark Elf Illusion. There's a Locket, Thex Dagger. What, what can Sean and I get? Okay. Well, I'll tell you if it is just the idea of having something that no longer drops, Thex Daggers were 
over farmed and they're about a thousand five hundred platinum i could buy a hundred of them <laughs> yeah but and that's they're good they're just good for a very specific purpose okay. uh, i one of my main goals when i made this character was to try to theory craft it into like a melee build and there is an item that drops in kunar called a rod of annihilation uh it's a 60 damage 40 delay mage weapon Whoa. Uh, which hits for like 150 damage. It's, it's fantastic. It just, it's not good. Okay. <laughs> it's something to do while you're in front of the mob. Now, the cool thing is enchanters have a whole slew of options when they're in front of the mob. They can stun for reduced incoming damage. We can slow. We can haste ourselves. We have bedlam, which is like a damage reduction that we can cast every like 15 seconds or so. We also have clarity, so we don't need to sit down to regain mana. There's a whole possibility for a melee build for enchanter, like a tank enchanter. And hmm. uh, I wanted that weapon to see if it would help it, and it does. It's cool. So you've done it. You've tried it up. Yeah. Uh, I was. So we had a second enchanter down at the Spore King camp, and I didn't really have anything to do down there. So yeah, I went on full. Mob was in camp, and if, it, if I could land a slow on it, I could just stand in front of it, tank it, absorb damage, and crush it every once in a while for like 150 damage. It was cool. Not super useful, but my aggro was really good. Chanters yeah. are just broken, right? I'm learning that thing with Sean's <laughs> yeah. Chanter. Like, they, as far as game design, like you highest can risk, highest to reward. a ranger. It's like not even close. Correct. Enchanters are until shamans start running around with torpor in their in their arsenal. Uh, enchanters are by and large the best soloers and the, provide the most utility in all regards. They are extremely powerful. Yeah, it's not, not even fair. fair. I don't know what they're. It's the whole well, thing of turning one, tur taking one of their creatures and per turning it on your side. Like, oh, we pull three creatures. Well, guess what? We take one. Yeah. So now it's all of us plus one of yours versus your two. It makes sense. Well, here's here's an interesting thing that is a little bit different. And this is a reason that I really enjoy P99. So all of the little bugs and glitches and stuff in P99 are assumed to be classic, acceptable, and uh, and just kind of the metagame in P99, right? They've been around for 20 years, these glitches, and if they have not been explicitly fixed, right. then they are allowed to operate as they do. And one of them in particular makes enchanters significantly more powerful. Oh, boy. Sean's so, parking his ears up here. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right, right. So you'll see people running around with their spy glasses. Are you familiar with resetting your global cooldowns? No. We have no idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, me neither. I played the game for five years back in the day. Never had a clue about it. So basically, when you cast a spell, all of your spell gems go gray. You can't cast another thing for, I think, it's two seconds. Yeah. After two seconds, they refresh. Now, there are instant cast items in the game with unlimited charges. Enchanters have one called a Rod of Insidious Glamour, I believe. Yeah, yep. Um, if you activate an instant click item... The only way they could make it instant click with no downside is if it did not have a global cooldown, if it did not trigger your global cooldowns. Right. But instead of not having a global cooldown, it clears the global cooldown instantly, Whoa. which can also be used to clear your other cooldowns. So macro that thing, or not macro it, have it as on your hotbar. John's freaking out right every now. Every cast, you want to instantly click your instant click item. <gasps> It'll like cast alliance on the target, and then all of your spells will light back up again, which means that you can chain cast things in ways that you could not imagine. Oh. Now, it gets even better because there's oh. also a little tiny bug with the very first spell gem of your spell bar where resetting the global cooldown does work with it, but it also reduces the recast of your first slot <laughs> thing by two seconds in addition to resetting the global cooldown. So this is how uh, like druids and clerics and stuff can spam heals. They can chain cast heals because even though the recast is four seconds, it can oh my God. down to none. So and yeah, wait, that's, that's a pretty important trick. Wait, clerics can do this too. What clicky should I go get to start doing this? Any yeah. clicky? And, and anything with unlimited charges, a lot of people use an item called a spyglass. Uh, it's very cheap. It costs like 50 plat. Uh, the the problem with the spyglass is it zooms your vision in, and I hate it. So I don't get that. <laughs> Just spend like five thousand plat and buy yourself the uh, the. There's an earring that has a clicky for like grim aura. I think. Oh yeah, can yeah. Do it. What I about fishbone ear earring? Because I don't trust Sean um, <laughs> to give me enduring breath when I'm down in kedge. Fishbone earrings are great. I recommend you buy one. I I sold. I 
I got one in a trade once. I didn't think I'd need it because as an enchanter, I have uh, I have water elemental illusion, which gives water breathing. And I thought, oh, that's going to be fine. It wasn't fine. I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely, as soon as I traded for the fishbone earring and used it one time, I traded it away and I missed it immediately. So I traded back for one at double the cost. And uh, and I, I just, that thing never leaves my bags. It's so nice because you're with somebody else. They forget water breathing. Hand right. it to them. Yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Boy. I, you did. You really did just blow my mind with that. I'm, I'm, I, I've seen, I've seen it in action before and could not explain it. I've seen other enchanters re, re cajole or whatever their, their mobs so much faster than I'm able to. I'm oh, like, yeah. what the hell are they doing? What in the hell are they doing? That makes perfect sense. Cause you're cutting two seconds off it if it's in the first slot. Right. And you're resetting, and resetting the global cooldown. So yeah. Wow. Now I will tell you some things will give you an error message. If you put them in the first slot, like you're stuck, anything with a long cooldown, Right, might seem like it's ready for use right away. Yeah, but you'll receive an error that says internal cooldown not met. So okay. you'll run into that. You have to figure it out. Cannibalize is a really good one for that. And you'll see enchanter or I'm sorry, shaman. They can put cannibalize in their first slot, and they can just cannibalize, cannibalize, cannibalize with no cooldown on it, except if they do it instantly, and then they get an error message. But there's okay. a lot of little tricks you can put in that first slot and get a lot done. You can okay. also use a mana stone as your global cooldown reset. So then every time oh, you that's easy to get down, uh, <laughs> you also gain mana and lose health. That's cool. <laughs> How many of those exist? Do you think mana stones? Uh, a chunk. I would say there's probably probably fifty or sixty, maybe more. Wow. I don't know how long it was in the game for. I don't know when it was taken out. Wow. They're pretty common. They're not super common. They're still worth about one hundred and seventy-five to two hundred thousand platinum. You need five of those to get a fungi staff right now. <laughs> You would also need to sell them, which that much money just seems to not exist. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um, this is blowing my mind. We just learned a lot of stuff. I think a lot of listeners learned a lot of <laughs> stuff too. Um, to get really quick back on the... Uh, uh, when does Velius come out? And do, do you expect active players to slowly decline? Like It seemed like when Kunart came out, there was a spike in players. So I'm assuming the way this works is you get a spike... Then over time, people get their characters to 60. Then they go play some other game for a while. Then when Velios comes back on, they start playing this game again. Is that how you expect it to work? Uh, I think you're going to see a, a steep drop-off in playing after those legacy items are removed. I think that's a big draw for a lot of people. I mean, okay. for me specifically, I remember telling all of my friends... I mean, I've lost contact with people. <laughs> I, I remember telling them you have to just wait until the fungus staff drops and their response is so you're not coming into work <laughs> i think that's pretty common oh that's funny but then isn't there stuff in velius that people want to accomplish too that they'll be back for that oh yeah no first to understand uh i think the expansion will always draw a large group of people in uh i don't know that kunark is special in that regard though there are more legacy items in kunark for sure okay uh, there's one called the Holgrush Elder Beads from a relatively easy mob in Velius that is going to be also extraordinarily valuable. It's like class defining for monks. It's super nice for magicians. You can you can click it and I'm not magicians, so they can already cast it. But any any class that can like drop it through a wall. If you have a shrink, for example, you can click shrink twice and get real close to a wall and summon it, and it falls through the world and gets teleported to the zone end. Wow. Which, again, if this was EverQuest 2, I would be talking to developers like, hey, guys, can I do this or I'm going to get banned here? It's just common <laughs> practice. Uh, and Sorry. if you do that, the main, the main draw is you can invite people at the zone into your group, which means you can call the hero them because mm -hmm. they need to be in the group to call the hero. So you can summon people to any part of the zone as long as you have somebody who can drop an eye through the world. Wow. Yeah, I thought I saw that on, on YouTube videos as well that suck me in with these things. I thought I also saw something about a dark elf illusion, which sounds pretty cool because then I could, you know, run around in evil places, yeah. I guess. That's I the uh, guys, the deceiver uh, monk. I'm sorry, bards and rogues can still get one that functions. But I think the other ones were no drop, I believe. Okay. Uh, I, they were never tradable as far as I know, um, but they did drop and you could get them. Uh, those no longer drop. They're out of the game. A lot of them are a lot of those old school items. They can still they exist in a newer form. They can only be used by specific classes or they must be equipped to use or something like that. The circular shadows is a cool one to camp. You guys can actually I will tell you this circular shadows should be in the game until Velius. Okay, relatively easy thing. I think there's a list for it. 
Maybe, maybe there's not. Maybe it was just a locket that had a list. Either way, legacy item, super useful. It's inventory clicky for, or an invis clicky for, for Shatter Knights. They need that so when they feign death, they can stand up instantly and click it and then just keep running around if they, yeah. Uh, uh, Sean's alt's a Shadow Knight. I don't want to camp that one. Sean already <laughs> looks excited. He's like, yeah, let's go do it. I'm ready. I'm totally ready for that. They're, they're well, pretty nice. Speaking of Shadow Knight, because you played a super high-level Pally on EQ2, and we've heard either Pally or SK is the way to go for the best group in EQ1, but we've gotten a lot of opinions. We have our own opinions. What do you think in EQ1? You're putting together the perfect group. I, I can't give you a specific thing you're camping, just a general perfect group. Perfect group is an enchanter. <laughs> second best group, second best group is enchanter cleric. And I'm going to say this, and people are going to hate me for it, but I'm going I'm to ruin EverQuest for you. Oh, you don't God. want a full group. I can't think of anything in the game where you want a full group except raids. There is no solo camp that can't be done, or there's there's no there's no group content camp that needs six people. And the more people you have, a lot of the harder camps, the more chances you have of somebody messing it up. And even if you do succeed, they get to roll on the loot. So, getting away from specifics, fewer is better in a lot of circumstances. Um, with that said. Paladins are terrible, man. I, and I hate it because I love Paladins, but really? I didn't realize for so long just how underperforming they are. They are adequate against Undead. They're mm. competitive with Shatter Knights, I would say, against against Undead. But beyond that, Shatter Knights are just better. Okay. They do better damage. They have more utility. Being able to feign death as a Shatter Knight is super nice. Um, I'd say probably being able, being able to feign death is one of the most useful abilities in the game. I would not make a paladin on P99. You also eat the XP penalty. And unless you like cool flaming swords, there's really nothing out there for you. <laughs> so Shadow Knights went out on that. Perfect okay. group-wise, though, it's it's variable. I would say it's more of uh, being able to put the right combinations together. You do need a slow. Yes. So your a group needs to have either a shaman or an enchanter. That's a pretty, pretty important linchpin. I, I'd say... Uh, it makes the game so much easier. Once a mob is slowed, it's dead, especially okay. at high levels. Um, and I didn't realize that for years. But yes, once it's slowed, it's pretty much dead. Uh, if you can't get a tank, which you don't need a tank, right? <laughs> that's probably my that's probably my biggest my biggest complaint about playing a tank in this game is tanks are useless in group content. Even if you're running six people, uh, just bring an extra mage pet. They're incredibly powerful. We, we joke about it all the time, but fully buffed tank is like, oh, you have as much HP as my pet? Cool. <laughs> so that's tragic, but that's a reality. Okay. Yeah, we've been um, in groups like that where it'll be like two mages, a necro, a chanter, a cleric, and we're like, this is right. easy. <laughs> and so there's the problem, though, because if you don't have a tank, you can't run other melee classes. Mm. Right? You can't, if you, if, you, if you take the hit and right. bring a tank with you, right. then you pretty much have opened the door to bringing in the rogues, you're bringing in the rangers and stuff like that. But if you don't have a tank, you don't need those people. And so really, the only benefit to having a tank is that you can bring other classes and you're still not better off for it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually noticed that too. Like it seems like there's a lot less tanks out there playing in general on this server than yeah. in the past from what I remember, like a lot less. I've, I've never seen a warrior. I've never grouped with a warrior. Yeah, my, well, my guild leader was the first 60 uh, Shatter Knight. Um, mm -hmm. We helped him get through that. But the problem is, every step of the way, he was baggage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's rude. Sorry, Vine. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. But the, the thing is, if you're in a guild and you have any intent to raid, you do want to tank for raids because even though they don't necessarily help, right? Um, they are... Well, they turn on the rogues, like you said, right? Right, right, right. Well, and then that's the thing. You first, you want, you need to have one if you're going to run other classes, and those other classes do find use. And there's no downside to bringing a tank unless you're splitting with more, like splitting loot or something like that. Right. You might as well throw a tank at it, right? If you have the heals, you might as well. So yes, tanks are might as well in raids, right. but okay. uh, <laughs> but that that carries the burden of getting them some levels because levels are very important on tanks. If you are using them, they need to be leveled up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, where should we this, go? Where should we go next? Where do we so need much, to go? 
Sure yeah. So we're That's 42. We're, we're still in CT. The XP is still good, but we are getting very bored of it. We really want to do yeah. Kedge because we really want to do a podcast about Kedge, but we don't know if we're being idiots going there to XP at 42. Um, Kedge is usually the domain of enchanters and druids. Okay. Because everything in there is some type of dolphin. And there's also uh, there's also the fact that they have access to water breathing. They have heals and stuff like that. Like druids are a good class for that, but enchanters are functional as well. Uh, you, you're a cleric. You're cleric, cleric enchanter, correct? Just so you know, yes. cleric enchanter is the strongest duo in the game. Well, that's why we far. picked it because we, we got uh, yeah we got some advice, and there was actually another streamer who's like because uh, we started cleric warrior, and they're like, what? Wrong. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> And so, yeah, we know it's been obvious ever since we did it. It's extremely obvious how, how powerful it is. Oh, but yeah. Do you, it's, the, do you think and it's, be it's okay mostly going? because the only thing that'll get you killed is when a pet breaks and mm -hmm. you're not prepared for it. And, the, and then the worst case scenario happens is when your stun resists. So as an enchanter, you should always just twitch click that stun. And it, goodness gracious, your hasted pet will kill you instantly. No matter how good you are at this game, if your stuns don't land, you are dead unless... The cleric stuns as well. Yeah, Mostly we learned that one. The cleric stun can rip aggro, and as long as the cleric is tanking it, you'll get your cast off, and that that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Rip aggro. I need yeah. to get better at that, Sean. This is. A, <clears throat> I'm going to be honest about it here. I know that I could be doing this, and I have it loaded, and I do it sometimes. I only stun his un his broken pet maybe fifteen percent of the time. That's I'm a big disappointment. I need to get better. Uh, I will tell you. Um, as an enchanter, I hate I hate the idea of because I did this for years of having like a third party program of any kind to assist your gameplay because I just don't think it's a fun thing to have to do. But anything that reads your log files and does nothing else is allowed on P99. And if you're not running some kind of if you're not running Gina as an enchanter, I, I didn't start until literally I was bored at the Spore King camp and I'm like, I guess I'm going to install this. My life has never been better. Hmm. You can do triggers for things that will make the game not, it doesn't make it easier, but I can like look away for a second. I have uh -huh. a trigger for when my charm breaks. Yeah. I, I can hear it. My computer yells at me and it says charm break or charm break, yo. And, <laughs> and that's it. That? Like it's, it's instant. I don't have to read it. I don't have to wait until I get hit. It's, it's hard. And when you're doing 20 hour grind sessions, yeah. Your attentiveness declines greatly at about the six-hour mark. So you can imagine what the 18-hour <laughs> mark is like. How do you spell Gina for people to find G -I -N -A. it? G-I-N-A. Okay. Uh, and you can input custom triggers in it. You can you can make timers with it. That's usually, if you've been watching my stream, I have stream, I have timers running in the top right. You can make a little command that mine says, wow, Spore King, 27 minutes. And then it spawns at that timer, wow. whatever, whatever I set the timer to, That's I can amazing. customize it. And it's very nice for uh, because another big part of this game that I didn't realize before was properly rotating your camp. So wherever you're fighting, if you have the mobs staggered at a yeah. rate, yeah. you can clump them together, separate them out. Having control over that is is critically important for your sanity and for your survivability. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's some nuanced stuff right there for sure. That that you don't necessarily get into for some time. That that's super important for camps being able to break in and then keep it broken in a specific way. Mm -hmm. So you said chanters are good in Kedge, but when I asked you if we were crazy for leaving C to go to Kedge at 42, what is the answer there? I think I might have dodged it on purpose. Um, no, <laughs> Kedge is one of the most difficult zones in the game, uh, especially for trying to level up and all that stuff. I mean, obviously there are higher level zones, but you're going to run into some unique challenges in Kedge. First, I'm not sure if you have you spent any time in there at all. Uh, back in like 2002, I might have gone in there with my 65 level druid By to accident. kill something okay, gotcha. with one hit or something. <laughs> uh, okay, so there are there are things that I did not realize were going to be unique challenges, especially as an enchanter. So uh, there are a lot of mobs in there that are really good charm pets. The sharks, for whatever reason, hit ridiculously hard. They hit harder than some of the sharks anyway. Hit harder than plane of fear trash. Like they hit really hard. Like we're talking like 150, 160 damage sharks. They're great. They are so good. Uh, I would recommend you don't haste them until you're comfortable. <laughs> they will kill you, and they'll kill you instantly. Um, the main thing you need to understand is you can't back up in there. 
And so if mm. you, oh crap, right into a room, you can't back up because you're swimming. You have to turn around and swim and you'd be surprised how uh. often that sucks. Uh, the other thing is the entire zone has little tiny fish swimming around in it. And those little tiny fish, I thought they were just cosmetic. They are not cosmetic. What? In fact, they will cast AOEs when you kill them. They're level one, so you resist them most of the time. But your pets, for some reason, don't. So your pets will take damage from these little fish AOEs. Sometimes you will. They'll also beat on you relentlessly, prevent you from metting, prevent you from memorizing spells. Yeah. They respawn really quickly, and they roam around the whole zone. And they will cause social and other mobs in there. So kill the little fish first. That's the moral <laughs> story. Whatever you are, kill the little fish. They are not for fun. They suck. Um, the other thing is, considering both of you are casters, you need to have your back to a corner at all times. If you're fighting, you're in a corner because if you get pushed in the water, which is very easy to do, your spells will get interrupted. And those oh, wow. little fish will push you as well. So, little fish. There's no one that I know that doesn't hate those fish. And <laughs> Don't even drop fish scales. So bring fish scales if you're casting water breathing. Yeah. You'll drown, and then yeah. the fish will eat you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, uh, is corpse retrieval pretty tough in there? Are there sea invis mobs that make it difficult? No. And so there's the best part about Kedge. You can screw up as much as you want, and you can invis everywhere in the zone. There's a yeah. single mob that can see invis, Fair and me. it's the rare. I think it's the three day spawn mermaid. Oh wow. Hmm. Altar of Prexus, which if you don't know where that is, that's great. You'll run into it eventually and you'll die, but you'll you'll <laughs> uh, is this a thing where if you're there to XP, you just stay on the first level, or if you're there to so, XP, do you go through the whole thing? The important thing to know about that is the XP in there is incredible. Yeah. And it's probably prior to bear pits in permafrost, which if you're not familiar with the bear pits, bear pits buckle up because that is a nightmare in itself. Um, but Bear Pits is the best XP in the game. Kedge is the second best XP in the game. Okay. That is across all zones. Uh, and that's per kill. And in terms of difficulty, Kedge is not that difficult once you've got it down. The problem you're going to run into with uh, the average mob is that there are a lot of, when you're fighting, when you get a higher level, you'll be fighting mermaids, you'll be fighting seahorses. If you see a seahorse, you need to be able to identify what class it is. Some of them are wizards, some of them are clerics. The worst of them are druids. Mm. The druids will nuke you. The druids will heal. The druids will have a damage shield that'll destroy whatever pet you throw at it. You need to dispel them. And the problem is, if you dispel them, you're dispelling your slow. And if you're not slowing them, <laughs> then they're killing you anyway. So it's it's tricky with the caster mobs in there. Sometimes they cast around corners. Sometimes they'll cast through walls. You really need to get a good grasp on the zone. But it pays off because there's still loot in that zone that's worth a ton of money. There's a really rare box called a driftwood treasure chest. Nice. Great for clerics. Uh, it weighs 10 pounds, which yeah. is a lot for a box, but 100% weight reduction and 10 slots. It's nice. It's super nice. And it's uh, it's usually sells for about four to 5,000 oh. We can go there once and then we'll come back uh, with, with my fishbone earring that I bought with that uh, by selling that thing. That way I don't have to trust Actually, I may have done that. That may have been the trade. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a fishbone earring and 2,000 plant for a driftwood treasure chest. Wow. And I, I feel like you really leveled us up. Like I actually learned way more than I thought I was going to here. And um, I, I hope our listeners did too. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you being candid and like sharing your knowledge. It's uh, it's not often that people are willing to do that. So um, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. See, I've always had this philosophy and as a streamer, I've stuck by it. I've gotten to arguments in raid guilds. Like why are you showing all our strategies away? And I'm of the opinion that <laughs> Knowing something is all it takes to do something, then doing it's not very hard. Oh, so nice. I, I, like I just that. really think that you have to be able, if you can't do it better, right? You're not better, you just know something. I love just, that. I love that. How can people find you online? Uh, I stream at twitch.tv slash Mergoth. Uh, you can find that if you Google my character. If you Google that, you'll find it. Um, I'm in game as miraculous. It's spelled terribly. You'll never spell it right on the first try. <laughs> um, otherwise, yeah, I, I don't really have too many presences. I have a Discord. Hang out there if you want. It's all right. Okay, and I want to remind everybody listening because we might be talking to podcast people who aren't as familiar with Twitch because you know there's definitely overlap there, but there's some people who aren't familiar with the Twitch. It's a newer platform. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, which I believe something like half Americans have right now, you can give money to Mayor Goth without spending anything. So please go on to 
Twitch. Yeah, that'd be nice. Find Mayor Goth. That's M A E R G O T H. Be logged in to Amazon and Your Prime hit, account. Yeah, hit subscribe. And it's going to give you these options where you can pay for it or you can choose subscribe for free and it lets you do it once per month. You're literally putting money in his pocket and it doesn't cost you anything and you can do it every month. It takes you two minutes. It, it helps out people who are doing this for their for their life and to help other people out. And we highly recommend that you do it to, to help the community out. So go do it. Take two minutes. Push the button. I appreciate, I appreciate it. I, I I never plug that. I never I've never <laughs> been like, guys, go like, share, subscribe, retweet, yeah. comment, donate, react below. Like I, I don't I don't do that. So it's nice to have somebody else do it for me. I don't feel as scummy about it, but thank you. Well, yeah, it's, and it's so best. easy. Everybody should do it. You know, you want to help people out. You know, hey, take a couple pennies out of uh, Jeff Bezos's pocket. Give it to some <laughs> of us people for once. You know, let's do it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that was a deep cut right there. I'll, I'll cut that part out. I don't want to slam Bezos on uh, somebody who twitches. So I'll, I'll, I'll just cut that part. Oh, that's funny. I'm, I'm sure he's listening. Bring it on, Mr. Millionaire. Yeah, right. Billionaire, so, is he in the trillions yet? I don't know. Close. Right, well, okay. Well, yeah, thanks for being on. I encourage everybody to go check you out. You're streaming all the time. Sean, thanks for joining us again, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was great. This was great. Um, I would love to have you back in the future if it's possible. Um, I know you're a busy person and we don't want to take advantage of it, but you know, it's just awesome having content to talk to people about and promoting love this it. community. Yeah. Honestly, I'd love it. I'll come back anytime. I'd like to talk about lore. There's some cool stories and stuff and hopefully Let's do, uh... it. Let's do it quick catch up. So you know where we're at. So we did one lore episode. Here's all that we've set down is we know that Vishan showed up claws dragon show up then we know that brell shows up curious little dwarf underground guy or whatever he goes underground he's like i don't want anybody to know i'm here and he creates dwarfs this is, it, i'm probably getting it wrong this is just me that's doing perfect it. no that sounds about right <laughs> then three more gods show up but they don't know brell's doing this stuff underground but they're also curious because they're like why does vishan like this place and it's tuner uh it's um ralos zek and it's prexus and they show up and they're like, what's up? And Brel gets together with him and he's like, hey guys, we got to watch Vishan and make sure uh, that what Vishan's doing here doesn't cause any problems. So why don't we create an alliance? And all of them create an alliance except for Ralos Zek, who's like, look, maybe I'll watch them, maybe I won't, but I'm not in an alliance with you guys. And that's kind of where we left off the lore progression with our first episode. It may or may not all be lies. You never know. Oh my there's goodness! A lot, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there, man. And Vishan wow. may have made all of that up. Whoa! There was stuff here before them. Oh my goodness! Mm. Now, now we're getting okay. This is all perfect for the next time. You got to come back. <laughs>